Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Warning. Guests of The Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Just a heads up about the next hour, we'll start with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Day, retired, the former commanding officer of Joint Task Force 2, the only special forces unit to have in the world to have domestic security responsibilities as well as foreign um, special forces. We'll talk to uh, Colonel Day about the um, almost weekly, it appears, terror acts that are taking place in uh, so-called soft target areas in the world. And we'll, uh, we'll ask the colonel what maybe can be done about it, should be done about it, and whether politicians are listening to the military experts and the security experts that's coming up, including as well, of course, in the next hour, Beauties and the Beast with Catherine, Michelle, and Linda. And they will be the judges of the final three uh, selections for Name the Justin Trudeau Tour. So I'll leave it to Catherine, Linda, and Michelle to make that determination about which one will ultimately be decided on as far as the one we'll go with. Now, Prime Minister didn't have a particularly good day yesterday with his reconnect with average Canadians tour. After he reconnected with the old family friend on the private island in the Bahamas, something we'll talk about in greater detail tomorrow with uh, Michelle Simpson, former seatmate to Justin Trudeau during question period when there were both opposition liberal members of parliament. But out he went, the prime minister, and he sat and he met and he did town halls with average Canadians. I think most people have heard some of this, seen some of this, heard or seen all of it, but I want to play it for you because I did receive some emails earlier today. Haven't seen that, haven't heard that conversation, that that encounter between the woman who was trying desperately to pay for her hydro bills in Ontario and put food on the table and Prime Minister Trudeau's response. Well, Prime Minister Trudeau's response was shameful, pathetic, rambling nonsense. Have a listen to the whole thing. It's about six and a half minutes. Then we have a second clip for you that's 13 seconds about the oil sands. And remember, Brian Jean, the leader of the Wild Rose Party in Alberta, the official opposition, will be joining us later on in the hour. Here's Kathy Cotula, the woman in question, confronting Mr. Trudeau. But something's wrong now, Mr. Trudeau. My heat and hydro now cost me more than my mortgage. I now... I now not only work 75 hours a week, I stay and work 15 hours a day just so I don't lose my home. My hydro bill, my hydro bill I want to share with you, a single family home, one person who works hard with a brace up to her leg, partially paralyzed every single day I put that brace on and I'm proud to be Canadian, but something's wrong with our system and I have faith in you and God that you're going to work hard to fix it. How do you explain to a woman 
how she's supposed to pay a hydro bill, $1,085. And I did it. I've done it. I've done it for the last year. I lived without hydro for five days after paying a $680 bill. They showed up one day. I came home from work in the hottest day of our last summer to go five days in the heat. I have epilepsy, a disability. I called and I begged our hydro company. They wouldn't do nothing. Five days, I lived in that heat. I'm asking you, Mr. Trudeau, and here is my question today. How do you justify to a mother of four children, three grandchildren, physical disabilities, and working up to 15 hours a day, how is it justified for you to ask me to pay a carbon tax when I only have $65 left of my paycheck every two weeks to feed my family? I'm asking you to fix our hydro system. I'm asking you to fix Canada. I'm asking you, Mr. Trudeau. I know we need HST. I know we need taxes to fix roads. I know we are a country that welcomes people from everywhere. I am I putting my faith in God and you that you're going to make our country a place that we can prosper again, that I don't have to wake up tomorrow and worry whether I'm thriving or I'm surviving. I don't have to go to work and eat instant oatmeal meal for lunch and live off Campbell's soup. I make almost $50,000 a year, Mr. Trudeau, and I'm living in energy poverty. Please tell me, how are you going to fix that for me and all of us in rural Ontario? First off, uh, on behalf of everyone here, let me uh, say thank you, not just for everything you do, but for sharing that extraordinary story with us. Your uh, strength, your determination is uh, uh, an inspiration and example to us all. Um, we are a country in which uh, anyone with a quarter of your strength, of your drive, uh, should be uh, thriving and focused on how are you going to spoil your grandchildren uh, with all your energy as opposed to uh, how are you going to get through the week uh, or the day. Um, a lot of different elements come into your, into your question. A, a number of them are provincial. Uh, hydro bills are uh, provincial. But as you point out, uh, the, federal, uh, the, the federal government's decision to put a price on carbon uh, is something that we have uh, moved forward with. And it's one that is uh, causing consternation amongst uh, a, a broad range of people. And I, I understand, because uh, carbon and carbon emissions and carbon uh, is part of uh, everything we do, whether it's uh, heating our homes or getting back and forth from work uh, or, uh, or in the, in the you know, products we buy. Um, you justify mm -hmm. a person who's barely providing having to pay for infrastructure for public transit in Toronto mm -hmm. in the country. No, I, I entirely agree. Making money to provide for rebate for people to buy $150,000 electric cars when most of us can be in even a $20,000 car. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. I... I we, we, we need to uh, realize that we are in a time of transition right now. 
that the world is moving off of fossil fuels, and that's a good thing, and it's an important thing because, uh, quite frankly, the uh, you know the extreme weather events that are coming uh, are going to be incredibly expensive, uh, and not just for uh, for our communities, but for our agriculture, for uh, uh, people in the north, people right across the country. We are facing uh, a challenge where we have to change uh, behaviors, and it is important that those changes happen in a way that doesn't penalize our most vulnerable, that doesn't make it more difficult for families who are already stretched thin uh, to succeed. And that's one of the reasons why what we're doing with the putting a price on carbon is we are leaving it up uh, to the provinces to determine whether uh, a carbon tax uh, or a levy or a cap-and-trade system is right for them. And on the other hand, we are not taking any money outside of the jurisdictions that pay those carbon taxes. So it will be up to the government of Ontario to ensure that you are not penalized, that uh, folks like you don't... I, 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 we haven't brought in any carbon tax yet, ma'am. Uh, it doesn't start kicking in until... It doesn't start kicking in for another few years, okay? Uh, but uh, I understand your concerns. And what is so important is that in this time of transition, we do not penalize people who are already uh, stretched uh, to, and in some cases, uh, beyond the breaking limit in terms of their finances. And that's why uh, being smart about uh, how, we, uh, how we reallocate that, those funds uh, is essential, and that's what we're leaving it in the hands of the provinces to do, and I'm, I'm uh, trusting they will do that uh, responsibly and not uh, penalize you further and challenge you on that. But we need to get off fossil fuels. We need to make this transition. We need to start protecting uh, our lakes, waters, rivers, streams, our lands, our children's future. And that means uh, we are going to have to go through a shift period. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Mindless babble. Really, that's what it, that's what it is. It's mindless babble. Kathy Katula had her very specific concerns and fears that she asked Justin Trudeau to address and put her faith in him to take care of. And it was drivel that she got in return. He's tone deaf. Started babbling about his carbon tax, that we're in times of transition, moving off fossil fuels, then he threw the Ontario Premier under the bus, Kathleen Wynne. Well, it's the provinces that have to make the decisions. It's the provinces that are responsible. It's the provinces who, who, who will have to um, 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 take do, uh, with the money. I can't even do this. I can't even, I, can't, I can't even repeat. I have no skills when it comes to trying to uh, speak like Trudeau. As he was talking about the provinces making the decisions on what happens with the money that is taken, taken from citizens in the provinces as a carbon tax or cap-and-trade or a levy, as he said, I kept thinking about what Brad Wall, the premier of Saskatchewan, said to the prime minister following the federal government, provincial government's meetings just a few weeks ago. Where Mr. Trudeau pointed out when Mr. Wall said, look, our farmers are struggling, our farmers are in difficulty, the agricultural sector is going to have trouble um, paying these taxes and carrying on and meeting their expenses. 
And Trudeau said, well, you can give the money back to them. So the Supreme Wall, and I'm paraphrasing, said, so, so what you want me to do then is tax the farmers with a carbon tax, send that to you, you'll send it back to me, and then I give it back to the farmers. What's the point? Mr. Trudeau had no response to that. So the province of Saskatchewan will be meeting the federal government in court. I was just so disappointed in Justin Trudeau's lack of even the basics as far as communicating any hope for Kathy Catula. And it's not just Ms. Catula, Mr. Prime Minister. It's people all over this, uh, the province of Ontario. That's where I am. Half a million people can't meet their hydro payments. And we have people in the province of Ontario, I know it's the Premier's responsibility, right? People in the province of Ontario have to make decisions about whether they're going to buy food or whether they're going to pay for their hydro or whether they're going to have clothing. Because they can't afford all three because the hydro bills, the electricity bills have spiraled so dramatically. And we're in a time of transition, you say, moving off fossil fuels. What the hell was that trip to the Bahamas about? Does that Challenger jet not leave a carbon footprint? And how about that private helicopter that the Aga Khan owns that goes from the island to, to Grand Bahama and back? That you, How many times did you use that? Does that have a carbon footprint, Prime Minister, or does it not apply to you? Here's what Trudeau said about the, uh, about the oil sands. We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. Uh, we need to phase them out. We need to manage the transition off of our dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, that is going to take time. And in the meantime, we have to manage that transition. Aha. So you in Alberta are going to have your oil sands phased out by the man whose father gave you the National Energy Program. My number is 1-800-263-2428. I'd love to talk to Justin Trudeau. Or Kathleen Wynne. 1-800-263-2428. i got 1500 bucks. I can, If it gets me a, an interview with Mr. Trudeau, I'll, I'll donate the money to charity. Mr. Trudeau, if you'll speak to me, I'll take $1,500 and I'll donate it to charity. In your name. You and I, one-to-one. Face to face. one 263 Your assessment of the performance of the Prime Minister of Canada when he spoke to Kathy Katula and then what he had to say about phasing out the oil sands. 800-263-2428.